Hey, it's good to see everybody. Good to be with family. Amen? Amen. Hey, I'll tell you what we do when we gather together. We, uh, the Bible says we come into His courts with thanksgiving. We enter His gates with praise, don't we? Right? When we enter here on a Sunday morning, our hearts should be already stirred about what God is doing, thanking God for everything that He is to us, everything that He's done for us, praising Him, is lifting Him up to His proper place in our lives. And through thanksgiving and praise, we come to a place where, you know what? I want to offer my, my life now because God is so good. And that's what worship is all about, right? We enter with thanksgiving, a great time of celebration, celebrating who God is and what Christ has done for us and uh, how he has won our salvation and how he has sought us out. We didn't run after him, did we? He ran after us. The Bible says that Jesus seeks and saves those who are lost. And let me tell you, I was lost. I was broken. I was hurting. And God's love came, transformed my heart. And that's why we're here at Still City Church, is that because we've had enough of just religiosity that tells us to do better, right? Because we know that we can't do better. We can never ever change because of our sin nature. We fall short of the glory of God. Is everybody getting this? Is everybody with me? Okay. Because of Jesus Christ, now we have gained access to God and access into his presence. We are accepted. Is that my pacemaker making that noise, Tom, or a little ring, ringing? Or, no? Okay. I don't have a pacemaker. I was just kidding. Praise God. Um. Yeah, you hear that ring? Home. Home. It's good to have everybody here. Oh, my father-in-law, yes. My father-in-law has a pacemaker. Hey, uh, give a hand to my, uh, my uh, parent-in-laws. My in-laws, okay, they're here. Tell them nice stuff, okay? Good stuff. We've been into the spiritual disciplines, and spiritual disciplines in and of themselves mean nothing. And if we don't use them to get to who, to find out who Jesus Christ is, then it just builds a sense of pride and, and, and religiosity in us. You can fast all you want, you can pray all you want, you can give all you want. You can go uh, up into the hills and uh, into a monastery and do whatever you want. But if your goal is not to know Jesus Christ and his plan and purpose for your life, it means nothing. We need somebody to come into our life and give us a new heart. Change us. Because our heart is deceptively wicked. Deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? God does. And he brings us to a point where we say, God, my heart is deceitful. I'm a sinner, and I need your grace, and I need your love. And he comes in, and he gives us a new heart and a new mind, transforms us so we can live out this gospel, gospel story, the good news of Jesus Christ. So today, we are going to talk about fasting. It's an exciting, <laughs> it's an exciting topic. Let me say that again. We're going to talk about fasting. Yeah. All week I've been wanting to hear about fasting. Uh, 
You know, um, my daughter is into books. I'm into movies. Have you ever seen Journey to the Center of the Earth? She's reading the book. I go for the movies, okay? But she was telling me that um, Professor Hardwick wants to go build this machine, go down into the center of the earth. But his nephew, Harry, he's got some problems. He's a little bit afraid. He's a little bit scared. Did I just say a scared? Yeah, he's a little bit scared, okay? And uh, he doesn't want to go. Um, he doesn't know what's down there. There's uh, trepidation. There's fear of the unknown. And you know, um, when it comes to our heart, uh, we have to take a journey down to the center of our heart. Uh, in our day and age, we try to cover up who we really are, what's really down there, right? We do, uh, we do extravagant things. We get into booze. We get into drugs. We get into extreme sports. We, we, uh, we party. We try to fill the days with activity and leisure and entertainment to try to get away from our, our heart issues. And our heart is hurting because of sin sorrow and adversity. And Jesus says, listen, let's take a journey down to the center of your heart. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be your captain. Jesus is known as the captain of our salvation. He blazes a trail for us. And he desires to change our heart, meet us right in, at the depths of our heart and say, now you see all this stuff. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to restore it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to give you a new heart so uh, we need to take a, a journey down to the center of our heart where Jesus has already been waiting for us to respond to him. Psalms 42.7 says, deep calls to deep. We do not know how to explore the inward life. That's why we need spiritual disciplines. Because we can't do it based on willpower. You ever know that whatever is in our heart, comes out of our mouth, right? We always say, what's the matter with your mouth, you know? What's the matter with you, right? But when we talk, uh, it's an indication of where our heart is. And what Jesus wants to do is not, not keep our mouth shut, but to change our heart, right? So when, when we talk, it's, it's praise. When, when we talk, it's about Jesus. When we talk, it's about the transformation that he's done. When we talk, we share our great stories, just like Joe has, and, uh, and we share everything that, that God is doing. See, what happens when we come to know Christ, the Bible says that we are born again. The spirit, our spirit, comes alive to the things of God. It's born again. The Bible says that we were dead in trespasses and sins, but once he saved us, we came alive to the things of God. Amen? But what happens is our, our mind, our will, and our emotions are geared towards our sinful nature. Isn't that true? Right? We have ingrained habits that we formed over the years that the Holy Spirit wants to get into our heart and kind of change those habits, change the way we think about stuff, change the way we feel about stuff, and change our desire towards those things and focus them on what uh, God desires and, and the things of God. If you turn to Colossians chapter 2, you can take your tablet, your Bible, whatever you got there, 
that's going to be on the board, I think, as well. On the seat. Colossians chapter 2. And we'll read from verse 20 to 23. And it says this. You have died with Christ. And he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. And isn't that true, right? We can, uh, we can live by the rules of this, uh, of this philosophy of religiosity, stay away from all the things in the world that would taint us and stain us, but yet still our heart is evil. But we're staying away from those things, and we get into our mind that we are, we, we, we are righteous, right? That we're better than others. And this, to maintain that thought and to maintain that process of thought, we need to condemn others. So that we feel better. You notice, you ever notice when you're you're dealing with somebody, um, something that comes out, you, you normally see what you're dealing with. You see it in the lives of others. And then you blame. You, do you ever see that? And you're like, that guy is unbelievable. You know, and he's this and he's that. And wait a minute. Uh, I'm doing the same thing, but but he's worse because you understand what I'm saying? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. These rules are human teachings. They deteriorate as we use them. See, when I gave my heart to the Lord, uh, first time I was nine years old. And at nine, you're a pretty, you're a kid, right? Everything's good. You're innocent, you know. But what the Lord told me at that time was, he said, son, if you don't come to me, you'll be the worst sinner that this world has ever created. You see, ignorance is not innocence, and innocence is not pure. Purity only comes through Jesus Christ. There's a lot of religious people that are ignorant of sin and ignorant of the ways of the world. They're innocent of those things, and they, they take that as purity, right? Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm, I'm talking about? What Jesus Christ comes in, and he gives us himself, and he gives us this sense of purity and holiness that is his. And then out of that desire and passion for himself flows this awesome river of life that comes out of us. And it's called the grace of God. A farmer is helpless to grow grain. All he can do is provide the right conditions. Isn't that true? How many of you have a garden? Okay, we got a garden over here, and we got a garden over here. Okay, what do you have in your garden, Trish? Beautiful. That's awesome. Now, what did you do to get all that cracking, get all that going? Magical spells and. Busted his back. Get, getting the soil ready. Okay, you guys, what do you what do you got in your garden?
wow, that's cool. Okay, good stuff. Now, a farmer's helpless. All he needs to do is prepare the soil, right? The Bible speaks about plowing up the fallow ground or the ground that's not ready for uh, use for the soil. And this is what spiritual disciplines do. They turn up the soil so that God can plant his seed in, in us and it can grow. Amen? This is the way of spiritual growth. Spiritual disciplines. It's a way of sowing to the spirit. Discipline grace. It's not earned, but it grows, it transforms through effort. We can agree on that, right? Now we come to fasting. The Bible says that all things are lawful or permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Isn't that true? When we fast, it zeroes in on the things that we really, really need. I look to food for comfort. I don't know if you do. You might have other things that you look to food for comfort. But every night there for a while, you can talk to my wife, I was getting a, uh, a bowl of ice cream. Big bowl. Okay? She'd always say, Dan, and they say, what? You know. Uh, and I would eat this bowl of ice cream. And I would just be like, ah, oh, yes. You know? And there's, there's things that we turn to for comfort. There's things that we turn to for a way of escape. There's things that we go to where um, we need to um, entertain them. Because we have this, this need and desire in our heart for gratification for satisfaction, for fulfillment. And what happens is when we go to these other things, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the work of God is left outside the door. You see what I'm saying? Every night, the, uh, God probably wanted me to spend a little time in prayer. And I'm feeding on my ice cream. The Holy Spirit said, come down, put away the ice cream. Nah, See, uh, the natural self does not want food and conversation with God. The natural self is against conversing with God, is against nourishment from God. The Bible says that the flesh and the spirit, they fight each other. They're at war with each other. And what we, we have to do is choose what side we're on. And if we're on the spirit side, then we have to war against the flesh, right? And do things that, are, that the flesh does not want us to do. We don't drift naturally towards God's plan for food and for conversation. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't eat ice cream during those 40 days and 40 nights. Because he was focused on one thing. The will and the plan and purpose and the passion of God the Father. And his desire to bring the broken to salvation. To pay the price. 
Bible says that when he fasted, the devil came against him three times. And what did he do each time? He spoke the word of God against the enemy. Amen? And then the Bible says that when he came out of that experience, he was filled with the spirit of God. For me, uh, the, the tragic life and death that he had to live in and of itself. Fasting is not a, uh, a natural thing to do. But when we do it, the flesh dies and the spirit comes alive. What fasting and prayer does is it gets our mind off of our perception of things, our preconceived ideas of things, and it fills our heart and mind with the thoughts, the notions, the perceptions, the will and the plan of God. And we see things from a totally different perspective. And all of a sudden, we start believing that God is going to provide for us. We start believing that God is, God is the healer. We start believing that God is going to save souls and he's going to bring the lost to himself. We, we have this idea that God is going to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We start believing the things of God, the passions of God and the word of God, and it fills our heart and our mind, and we begin to live our lives spiritually disciplined and allowing the spirit of God to flow in our hearts. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. See if I can beat the TV. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Ah, okay. All right. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul was really, really concerned about telling other people what Jesus is and not allowing Jesus to do what he is in Paul's life. Do you understand that? what we speak and how we testify and, and how we minister to other people. we got to get on our knees and allow uh, the Spirit of God to do that within our heart and, and within our lives. So he disciplines himself. He trains himself, right? Now here's the thing with Christians. We don't try, we train. Okay? We don't try, we train. Mark 1.35 says that Jesus rose early, went out to a lonely place, and he prayed. James 4.3 You do not receive because you ask wrongly. To ask rightly involves this transformed, passionate, total renewal of our being. Why do we pray and we ask for the wrong things? Why is that? Self-centered, okay. And then, do you ever pray for something God didn't give it to you? And then you're like, yeah, you suck. Or, yeah, you stink. Or, you, you, you're no good. Right? That's a, that's a work of the enemy. When we pray the wrong things, God doesn't give it to us. And then we blame him. God doesn't answer wrong prayers. He answers the prayers that come from his heart and his passion and his purpose. Right? So when we pray the things that God desires and his purposes and his passions, 
what do you think is going to take place? Answer prayer. Rose, you're good, Rose. Yes, answer prayer, okay? John 15, 7 says this. Abide in me. My words abide in you. Ask whatever you Does that say want? We actually get what we want as Christians? What is this? But if you remain in me or abide in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything that you want and it will be granted. See, here's the thing. The word remain or abide, it means that you are, when you have a guest, you try to make that guest feel really, really welcomed, right? But sometimes if you, have you ever had a guest where you really didn't want to make them feel welcome? And you wanted to leave them early? Let them leave early? You ever do that? Come on. Let me raise your hand. Let's be honest, all right? Besides saying, get out, we did things to let them know that, hey, the door is this way, you know? Like when you're talking and you're just moving towards the door. Right, yes. I understand what you're saying. Yes. Right? Out. We do that with Jesus, don't we? When he wants to enter a certain room or a place in our heart, and we say, God, you can't go in there. In fact, time for you to leave. You're getting a little bit edgy. You know what I'm saying? Um, abide means that you make him feel at home. Okay? So, if we abide in him, we feel comfortable in who he is and what he is, and we trust him with everything that we are, we will have this wonderful occasion to receive his will and his way and his purposes and his desires. And when we pray, we pray the desires, purposes of God. That's all we want. And you know what God does? He gives us what we want. So what do you want? What do you really, really want? How many, how many said money? Come on. Five? She can share. Amen. That's good. That's good. See, here's the thing, guys. When we abide in him, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he gives you the desires of your heart. If you're frustrated with God and he's not answering your prayers, you're praying the wrong stuff. And when you start praying the right stuff based on his desires, his delight, prayers will be answered time and time and time again. Because he loves to answer prayer. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Let's start asking. Let's start seeking. Let's start, start knocking. Let's start crashing the throne Amen. And praying God's desires for our lives, for our families, for this church, the Steel City Church. The Bible says that eye has not seen nor ear has heard the great things that God has in store 
that those that love him call according to his purpose. That's God's thing. Ephesians 3.20 is one of our theme verses. What does it say? First one that gets it, I'll give him $5. No, I'm just kidding. Ephesians 3.20. I know the gist of it, but we'll get the full, full verse. And I'm tired. I had a long night. I don't feel like looking it up. Ephesians 3.20. What's that? Don't stand up and say that loud, okay? Come on. Can you say that again? One more time, man. One more time. Come on. Say it. Okay. Now, while you're asking down here, okay, God wants to give way up here. While you're asking way down here, God wants to give way up here. So why don't we start by asking way up here? Right? And then God will give us way up there. Alright? What do you want from God? Find out who He is. Find out who you are. Find out what you can do. Find out His passions and His purposes and His prayers and His His plan. Do you believe in healing? Oftentimes we pray that it be your will. Pray the, we'll pray the desires of God. We'll pray the purposes of God, the perfections of God. And we'll see God move and perform. This story of Joe's sister is just unbelievable. They were talking maybe a day or two and she was in bed. She's had her entire organs and entire system just taken right out. And she's alive expected to die. This is the wonder and amazement of believing what God says and acting on it. I'll tell you a little story. I think I told you the story before. It's getting really hot in here, right? Everybody stay awake, okay? Um, I was riding with my buddies and uh, back in the day, you just your mom said, leave the house forever. No. Just leave the house for the day. Don't come back till night. I don't want to see you. So you get on the bike and you go. And we were driving through towns galore, different towns. And, of course, nobody brings any money. We're just kids, right? So you stop and we're like, we're going to die. We need liquid. We need something, you know. We're all talking. And all of a sudden, you know what? God is, God is our provider. And I told him, fellas, God will provide. And of course, they looked at me like I was a punk kid, you know, like, you stupid idiot, man. I was like, okay, God will provide. So we're riding and getting more thirstier and hungrier. We stop at the side of the road. And we're wondering if we're going to die or if we're going to live. And I look down, $10 bill on the curb. So while they were all like, you want to give it to him, man? I kept the $10 bill. What did I tell you God will provide? 
And they looked at it like, that's really freaky. That's really freaky. Right? All I, all I said in adoration and prayer to God, I said what he is. And I said who he is. That's our prayer. He is the provider. And God provides. He is the healer. And God heals. He is the deliverer. And God delivers. Right? He is our Savior. And He saves. He is humble. We are not. Amen? We're humble and we're proud of Him. But He is everything. He is everything that, that we need. And this is our, this is our, our thrust for spiritual disciplines. Is that we, we enter into these disciplines. To receive what God thinks and feels, his passion and his desires for what he wants to do, and we act on what he wants to do, not what we think or feel about a situation. Okay? You might be in a situation right now, adversity, sorrow, pain, hurt. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He comes up alongside us. Braces us and upholds us. If you need him to be your comforter today, begin to praise him for who he is. God, you are my comforter. Amen? If you need refuge today, God, you are my refuge. If you're in sin today, stop it. Stop it. Now. And say, God, you are my atonement. You are my propitiation. It's a fancy word for sacrifice. You paid my debt that I might live for. Stop sinning and be restored. Amen? You kind of get the thrust of what we're talking about today? We don't fast like what's read. We didn't do scripture reading, by the way, did we? No. Right? One more scripture. Matthew chapter uh, 6. Really getting hot in here, but you know what? It feels good. Just think about how winter's going to be, okay, guys? And you'll feel really good about this, okay? Uh, Matthew chapter 6, and then we will go with, uh, yeah, verse 16. When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled. These guys were unbelievable, weren't they? So people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward that they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Let me tell you about these Pharisees. Their fast days were Monday and Wednesday. But there were more people in the marketplace than in the temple on Tuesdays and Thursdays. What do you think they did? They went Tuesdays and Thursdays, disheveled their face. Some of them even put darkened makeup on their face so that they could get the reward of people saying, wow, these guys are so holy. Look at them. Isn't that something? 
And what Jesus is doing is getting right down to the heart of the matter. They didn't care about God. They didn't want anything to do with God. They wanted everything about themselves, right? Now, how, how often do we come into church and we're looking for a little, little grease on us, okay? We're looking for a few accolades, okay? Yo, I cleaned the church on Saturday. Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm feeling good. I worked the hardest out of the whole lot. Oh, yeah? You got your reward right there. There it is. Take it home with you. Do what you can with it, right? What Jesus says is, keep your mouth shut about what you did. Take it to the Lord. Say, Lord, I did it all for me. And what he does is he, he uh, comes down with his presence. And when you got his presence, you don't need all the accolades from people. Okay? So, we are entering this week into fasting and prayer. You can fast a meal. You can fast two meals. You can fast a, a day, right? You can drink water. You can do you can do whatever you want to do. But when you fast, pray. Pray. Prayer basically is just practicing the presence of God. Amen. It's praying what He thinks. It's praying how He feels. It's praying the Word of God over your situation. It's praying the Word of God over your family. Praying the word of God over your life. It's praying the word of God over your sin. It's praying the, the word of God over your, your laziness, over your, over your slothfulness. Praying the word of God over your bitterness. It's praying the word of God over your unforgiveness. It's giving it up to him. And it's saying, God, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to talk to you about it. And I'm going to lift this up to you with thanksgiving. All my supplications. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says that that uh, he will mount guard over our heart, over our mind, with the peace of God. And he'll protect us. Mount guard is a military term where soldiers gather around you and, and protect you. Isn't that wonderful? I was uh, coming from New Jersey into Brooklyn, going to the Brooklyn Teen Challenge. And I had to leave. I was playing basketball with Valley Forge Christian College. So I had my nice jacket on with the white, you know, the white vinyl. Valley Forge Christian College. I had a toque on that my grandmother made me, you know, wool toque. And I had to take the subway into Brooklyn. And I, I got a, uh, I have a, a, a luggage with me. And I, I walk out of the, uh, of the, uh, the subway. And I'm in another dimension. People of different color. All of them. And I'm walking around, and it was like a war zone. And, I, and I'm walking, and, and I, I come up the steps, and I come out onto the corner where uh, I'm supposed to wait for the, for the guy. And no kidding, there's about ten dudes on each corner. And when I walked out in my white jacket, Valley Forge, with my grandmother's tooth on with, with luggage, they looked at me like, this is really weird. The one guy walks by, and he says, Boy, you in the wrong neighborhood. And I said, thank you for that. Appreciate that. So I uh, kind of backed myself up against the wall, put my luggage down, and I said, God, this could be a precarious situation. Racial stuff was going on at the time. And uh, I said to the Lord, I really didn't realize the situation here, God, so uh, you now can be my protector. Thank you. 
And two white cops came around the corner. They saw me and they ran over to me. And after they got done with the superlatives of what they thought of me for being at that spot, they said, they got on there, they got on their stuff, and four more cops came. And they surrounded me because of the situation that was going on in, in, in that neighborhood. But, uh, see, we get ourselves into situations where we have to say, God, this is really stupid. Can you help me out? Right? And we pray the prayer of who God is. And he answers. So God's got to protect us. He does. What do you need from God? Pray his prayer. The Bible says, when Jesus said, have faith in God, it literally means in the Greek, faith, have the faith of God. The very way God about, thinks about a situation or perceives a situation, that's how we feel about it. That's how we believe about it. That's how we think about it. And God always, always answers our prayer. Always. Isn't that awesome? We can truly say, God answers prayer. He answers the right prayer that we pray, and it's based on his character and his nature. Let's uh, let's get a little discipline. Let's kick it into gear. The NASB says, I buffet my body, and I keep it into subjection so that I can gain Christ. Funny, because buffet. Read it, I buffet my body. We could definitely go for that. You know? I love buffeting my body every, you know? We buffet our body. In other words, we, we beat it down in a sense that we control it so that we can gain Christ. If you're here today, you don't know Christ. You don't know him as your comforter. You don't know him as your savior. And you're in a situation That's what salvation is all about. It's receiving the grace of God. The seed that's planted in the soil of your heart that you're preparing today that God would raise a harvest of righteousness in your heart. Receive him today. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, that our salvation is not based on anything that we are, we have done, or have not done. It's not based on where we grew up. It's not based on the fact that maybe our father was not in the house. It's not based on the fact that we had a perfect upbringing. It's not based on our salary. It's not based on who or what we are. Right now it's based on the love and faithfulness of our God, that he loves us. And God, you love us today right where we are can't do anything to cause you to love us more or love us less. You will always, always love us. Your unstoppable, unbreakable love will continue to hound us until we say, all right, already. I love you. And this is how it works. You loved us first. That's why we love you, God. So minister to people's hearts today, oh God, with the love of God, with the grace of God, reveal to people's hearts today that they have a plan that there's a purpose, there's a, there's a passion 
It's called the passion and the will of God. His promises, his say-so, his desires, what, what he thinks and how he feels. We will pray and our prayers will be answered. So this week, oh God, we look forward to prayers being answered in the name of Jesus as we leave this hot, moist, sweaty place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.